Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. Named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. And it is time for another edition of Smindy Fiction. Fiction, Ooh. fiction, fiction. I like adding the old sound effects. Yeah, that's nice. my addition. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, you know, this one's kind of a solitary one. I'll talk about it more in a second. But maybe we can get some parts for you. Maybe we can get you some know, parts for you in this one. I'm here for you. So you tell me what you need Thank to you. do. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I might need your support because I'm actually nervous about this. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so... Swinty Fiction is a once-a-month segment where we read a piece of fiction and discuss. Uh, so far, it has been stuff that I have written, but I would love, Samantha, for you to contribute something or to do something in the public domain. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, and they're more, uh, not always, but they're usually more sound effects heavy. Not too much, because Christina's the best, and she's she knows, like, the perfect amount. She's a pro. She is a pro. Uh, and these would not happen without her, so... As always, thank you, Christina. Also, uh, we will be discussing infertility throughout this. So if that's something that's triggering for you, totally understand that as well. So we are starting something new. And this is one of the reasons I'm a little nervous about this. Uh, a couple of reasons, and I will break them all down. Uh, we are embarking on a journey with this one because we are going to be reading a chapter a month from a book I wrote in college called it's alternately called Terminus or the Depopulation Event. Terminus is like the series name because okay. it's the first of three. This one's called the Depopulation Event. If the title gives you any warning, this brings <laughs> us to a very heavy content warning I'm going to put in here. Because this book, I'm just going to spoil some of it, all right? Because I don't want anybody to get upset. <laughs> it's about a virus uh, and women and people not having control over their bodies. I often describe it as the last of us 
meets the road meets the handmaid's tale. Damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say, as my voice cracks a little, I think <laughs> it's more cheery than those. <laughs> it's, uh, but the combo is, is a rough combo, Annie. A it's rough a combo. Rough, it's a rough combo. And believe me, I, I asked Samantha, I was like, Given what's going on, <laughs> I'm not sure this is the best. So heavy yeah. content warning, but if you are much like Annie, who likes in the darkest of times to dwell yes. in more dark things, oh, here yeah. you go. Here you go. Uh, and I, I literally have two friends playing The Last of Us 2 right now and texting me their updates, and uh, it's bringing me great joy. Um, so <laughs> perhaps you are like me, and it does give you some relief. Um it's definitely got kind of a removed from, like by the time this story takes place, it's sort of uh, too late. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to make it better. All right. <laughs> I am messing this up. Yeah. Uh, like a look. It, the ending is good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely, really... if you're going to start it, stick with it. <laughs> Correct. Stick with it. Yes. Yeah, stick with it. I'm definitely digging myself a deeper hole. I would love to hear people's reactions to this. Other chapters, I will say, will come with additional content warnings and perhaps different ratings. We might actually have to bump up our everyone rating on this one. And I totally understand if given, yeah, everything that is going on, that is not something you want to hear right now. Also, I haven't revisited this in a hot minute. I did kind of revamp it probably four or five years ago. Uh, but all that being said, I'm sure some of the terminology needs updating. So that's going to be a group exercise. I'm going to try to do it as I, as I read it, but I'm sure we'll have discussions about it because it is sort of a complicated uh, plot. Um, one of the reasons I was hesitant to ever share this one was because I was worried. Uh, and I believe we've talked about this before that it would reveal some internal misogyny or that it wasn't feminist enough. So well, there will be plenty to discuss with this story. <laughs> there will be plenty to discuss. <laughs> I'm worried I'm, I'm building it up too much. So yeah, we're going to go chapter by chapter. We're going to start with the prologue, which is very uh, exposition heavy. Um, and this is a pretty, uh, as I said, solitary tale. Uh, so it might uh, be a bit on the quieter side, actually, for a lot of it. But uh, there's there's some action, I promise. And... We'll see where it goes. But this one's going to be a bit shorter of an episode and sort of just setting the stage. Uh, and so with all of that, if I have not scared you away, uh, let us get into the prologue of the depopulation of it. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because golden hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. HSV-5, the sterility virus, sex pox, population control among the more cynical, all terms for a virus that rendered those infected unable to conceive and left marked for life with painful sores and blistered faces, ranging from angry red to dull purple hues, sometimes weeping a colorless pus, other times leaking blood from sufferers who scratched too hard. HSV-5's real trick, however, lied in how quickly it caused infertility. The first time was now the only chance of conception. One and done, as they say. After that, both men and women were sterile, and within a week, sores would appear on their faces, a permanent reminder of what they'd done, of their inability to have a second child or even a first, if that first attempt produced no results. Epidemiologists could not pinpoint the origin of the virus, why two non-infected individuals contracted HSV-5. Some speculated a latent chromosomal defect, Others theorized that pollutants in the air or water led to the plague currently laying waste to the world's birth rate. Perhaps infected mothers passed it on to their children where it remained dormant until sex. But this led to a chicken and egg argument that no longer mattered. A 100% transmission rate and no cure. Humanity was dying, a slow, whimpering death. Abandoned houses, collapsing economies, crumbling infrastructure. Skeletal remains of a society that still knew hope. A time before HSV-5, when the concern was overpopulation instead of depopulation. How luxurious a worry it seems now. How affluent. Sex, at least in the case of the virginal, had become more science than pleasure. 
Government law dictated mandatory checkups beginning at the age of 16, placing those of the coveted birthing age in medical facilities called conception centers, where a strict schedule focused on producing the healthiest possible individual was enforced. A typical day included at least four hours of exercising, both cardiovascular and strengthening, meditation and relaxation. The diet of potential childbearers was determined based on specific vitamin and mineral deficiencies, nutritional analysts running tests to ascertain the most effective meals, including portion sizes and frequency, that would keep those that could produce the most precious commodity, a human child, in optimum condition. Conception engineers determined those most genetically compatible with each other like morbid matchmakers, determining the window where probability of conception was greatest, down to the year, month, day, hour. As this mythical time approached, prospective parents were taught the best position for child conception and other best-case practices. Though arguments existed that the pressure of the entire situation acted against those hoping to conceive, those in power saw no other options. It worked enough, and with humanity's future in the balance, it was a necessity, they argued. The last thing we need is our youth screwing around for fun and ruining their chances at producing a child because they don't know what they're doing, they would say, jowls quivering, hair graying, fatalistic and condescending at once. When the virus first began to spread and its effects first understood, there was worry but nothing drastic. No one had the tiniest inkling that it would spread so quickly, that biochemists would be unable to find a cure or even a vaccine. No one predicted that it would not be isolated, that it would not be contained, that science or technology or old-fashioned prayer could not solve the problem, that humanity might in fact be slowly, steadily removed from existence by something invisible to the naked eye, fading like a bad dream. The birth rate plummeted from around 5 million a year to just under 1 million in the United States. The demographics shifted distressingly, an upside-down triangle with the oldest making up the most of the population and children making up the smallest fraction. It was the opposite of what population analysts wanted to see, a sharp drop-off in infants all around the globe, the smallest generation on record. It was called the depopulation event. The use of the word event, which implied a single instance with the beginning and end, indicated how confident analysts were that a cure would be found quickly, that this would be a blip in the population chart that humanity would quickly recover from. As the population continued to dwindle, years turned into decades without a cure. Some scientists pointed out the inaccuracy of the term. But depopulation events stuck, whether through habit or desperation to believe that this would be a passing event. To change the name was to admit that the cycle would continue indefinitely. When the seriousness of the situation set in, politicians moved quickly to implement sexual education classes focusing on the importance of abstinence, impressing upon the precious youth the virus that awaits them should they stray, while at the same time passing laws making sex outside of government approval illegal, at least for those that still had a chance at producing a child. Instead, all those of childbearing age would be taken to conception facilities, It was against the law not to attend, and all able must try to conceive. As fear spread rampantly, an infection within itself, new laws were put into place, requiring hopeful parents to fill out a petition for parenthood. Once approved, a responsible parent application followed. 
If the Board for Family Preservation deemed the applicants worthy, they proceeded to the final stage, a series of rigorous interviews and psychological tests. Only then would a couple be trusted with the responsibility of raising a child on the condition that they undergo inspections. Biological parents needed to apply for this process as well. Conceiving a child, giving birth to a living being that shared your genes did not guarantee that the biological parents would be allowed to raise it. The board certainly took it into account, but children were too limited a resource to take any chances. Despite all the science and careful planning behind conception, dumb luck still played a role. The most intelligent, healthful individuals, the most promising parents may be unable to bear children, while those with less than desirable traits when it came to raising a child may succeed in conceiving. The biological were often granted visits, at the very least during the first year, for the mother to feed the child. Once weaned, they were discarded, unimportant, unable to conceive, and deemed unfit to raise. The backlash against this had been muted and delayed. So great was the gnawing fear and confusion. And when it came, it consisted mostly of angry words and relatively tame protest, isolated pockets of rebellion, attempts of child abduction, a quickly squashed invasion of a conception facility. Hopeless resignation outweighed the anger. The bottom line was this. Humanity was a dying race, and no one knew what to do about it. What the government was doing was wrong, but was there a right way to solve this? Not that anyone could see, not if they wanted to continue to exist as a species. Failure to conceive a child resulted in desperate need to understand why. The Association for Restoring Our Morals, or ARM, arm, or the Moral Mafia to their opponents, came forward as an answer. Originally a fringe religious group, their prominence grew alongside the unrest. They put forward that HSV-5 was God's punishment for humanity's promiscuity and decaying morality. God would only offer his forgiveness and thus a cure for the scourge humanity brought on itself if, as a society, we made amends. With no rational explanation forthcoming, more and more turned to arm. The government commissioned a position entitled Religious Advisor to the State to be appointed by ARM's leaders. The Religious Advisor released proclamations, guidelines for leading a more moral existence, and condemned all those who still led lives rife with sin. They took part in the trials of those breaking conception and sex laws. Those found guilty in these trials were publicly labeled as enemies of humanity. Their numbers were too few for the death penalty, which the religious advisor stressed would be no less than the guilty deserved, so those convicted were sentenced to menial or dangerous jobs. The last remaining radio frequency broadcasted government and R messages, big speakers mounted on old telephone poles along the highways in the cities. Most of the remaining population had been relocated to the East Coast for ease of control and logistics. The government of the United States, although borders and countries had pretty much dissolved, it did comfort many to rely on these names, to hold on to them like talismans, still operated out of D.C., and a majority of the conception facilities were located along the eastern seaboard. New York City, D.C., Boston, Atlanta, Chicago, and Los Angeles were the only outliers. 25 years of exponential increase in infertility led the government to relocate its constituents. A lot of grumbling resulted, but festering anxiety fostered by abandoned houses and businesses led to widespread acquiescence. But there was resistance. There always is. Some did not leave their homes, resigned to a childless life, but a peaceful one with a death of their own design. Liberation could be found in the loneliness. 
to grow food, to make what was needed, to be entirely self-sufficient, to sit in the quiet and to think, to write, to sew, to paint, to do things that they couldn't have done before because of work or social obligations. Some would consider this living, truly living in a way humanity had not in a long time. Weeds blanketed the land unkempt, creeping up buildings and streetlights, erupting through cracks in the concrete. Wildlife flourished, the numbers of their greatest predator dropping. More and more, the planet was returned to them, and they wandered dilapidated towns and empty cities, the crumbling buildings somehow odd and ominous now that they lacked purpose, massive gray graveyards, the remains of a civilization once vast. The age of man was ending. Armed directive, state sanctioned, classified, need to know only. Outstanding case number 28, Tilda Nohan, aged 23. See attached picture, height 5'5", weight 109 pounds, last known, skin color white, hair color blonde, eye color brown. Identifying features in A. Daughter of Cameron Nohan, professor and bioengineering specialist, and Leona Nohan, formerly Leona Phoenix, professor, conception and depression psychiatrist, aged 40 and 36 respectively. Exemplary parenting record, see attached documents and pictures. Mother of Madison Nohan, aged seven, height and weight unknown, based assumption on average height and weight of seven-year-old boy. Skin color, white. Hair color, light brown at aged one. Eye color, hazel. Identifying features, birthmark, left forearm. Mission summary, conceived outside conception center. Age of mother at time of conception, 15. Premature birth at conception center birthing unit in Atlanta on September 24th. Weak lungs and immune system. Kept in hospital for observation for 13 months. On day of October 4th, kidnapped by Tilda Nohen. Child missing for six years. Information suggests he remains in the custody of Tilda Nohen, who's on the run from enforcers. Standing orders, secure Madison Nohan and ensure his safe return to conception facility in DC post haste. The mother is expendable. Capture if possible, but child is priority. Priority level one. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. Life is busy. There are so many things on your to-do list with so little time to do them. And you're always thinking about others' needs before thinking of your own. Trust me, we understand. 
Kim Crawford does too. That's why they're inviting you to experience Golden Hour, your chance to reclaim your time and laugh with your favorite people, play your favorite song on repeat, gaze outside your window and daydream about your wildest dreams, or celebrate your victories. No matter the moment, you can savor it all with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest. As the number one ranked Sauvignon Blanc in the U.S., Kim Crawford has classic aromas of lifted citrus, tropical fruit, and crushed herbs to help you stay in a golden hour state of mind. Because Golden Hour is more than just time, it's whenever you want to savor amazing. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more. That's KimCrawfordWines.com to find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Okay, so you made it through. I hope you're okay. <laughs> um, I'm really building it up into way too much. I have talked about this story before, uh, on an episode I did back when I was sort of hostless. I was, it was before Samantha and I was all alone and I was bringing on a bunch <laughs> of the guests. And I brought on uh, Julie Douglas, who used to do Stuff to Blow Your Mind, to talk about motherhood. She was talking about motherhood and um, specifically like horror, which we've talked about before too. And she asked me about this because she'd heard that I wrote this and I wrote this at college again. And it's about motherhood. And it's just interesting to me why I, this just came naturally. Like I, I did this for, um, we've talked about NaNoWriMo, mm-hmm. which is a national write a novel November month. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you, you know what I'm talking about. And yes. it just like, pour, the, the words just poured out and this is what happened. And it was yeah. about motherhood. And I do find that very, very interesting because even at the time, I don't, I think I'd already decided I was probably not going to have kids. And you and I have also talked about Again, going back to that horror thing of how motherhood is often portrayed in these situations as something that is used as sort of a tool of horror, a tool of devastation, or what have you. I think given the conversations we've had around trauma on here and my own trauma, which I have come a long way in understanding since writing this, Mm -hmm. I think I have a better idea of why I wrote it. Um, because it is very much about protecting like a younger person. And even, I think even uh, coming up, there's a section of like feeling not like a mother, but like an older sister right. to somebody. So I think this was definitely me trying to deal with trauma in a way that I didn't completely understand. And I'm still trying to understand in, in a lot of ways uh, by writing this um, and kind of feeling that responsibility and all the societal messages around having kids and having, if you have them, to be the perfect mother and to protect them and all of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So one thing I really struggled with when I wrote this um, was that it's obviously 
very uh, heteronormative and kind of the whole plot sort of relies on it. Uh, not necessarily being heteronormative, but because of that, because the idea is once you have like vaginal and penis sex, then you become infertile. Then I had to, I struggled with, well, what does that mean for any sex that is not that? Uh, and how would this virus work? And I'm not a scientist. So I really, really grappled with that. And I tried to handle it here. I think that I could have done a better job. And, you know, maybe I, I'm planning on rewriting some of this someday and making it better. Uh, and I did it. Uh, I asked one of my scientific friends about this. The scientific friend sounds so funny. Uh, she works in the science field and she works specifically in like uh, medicine. Uh, and she tried to give me some pointers. Uh, but obviously, this is a fictional world. Um, so I think if you look at it too closely, it might fall apart. But I, I just wanted to put in there that I did uh, grapple with that. And we also have talked before about how infertility has been used, especially against women, as some kind of source of horror. For this, it, I was trying specifically to make it like sort of a pressure to have children, like an examination of that pressure to have children or else. And the or else in this case is humanity goes extinct. Um, but I also want to put out there that I understand that, that that messaging, too, can be harmful. Yeah, so as this unfolds, again, this was uh, just, the, just the beginning. And we're going <laughs> to go through it, and it's all more will be revealed, and more trauma will be revealed, and answers <laughs> will come. Uh, <laughs> what a, a strange up. time. I love it. What a strange time to be doing this one. I hope that it was enjoyed. I hope that you continue to enjoy it. And I would love, oh, listeners, I would love if you would write in, if you have theories uh, or thoughts of what's going to happen. Because when you write something, you know, you're like, is it obvious what's going (laughs) to happen? Did I put in enough clues? Not too many clues. Like, so I would love that. And also just a final note, I would love to come back and talk about this someday. But this, I definitely wrote this too when young adult novels were just leaning so hard into dystopian stuff. Right. And a lot of those young adult novels did have a young woman or young girl, or at least the ones I was reading, um, as the main character. Right. So this was certainly part of that. And I would love to revisit that in a future episode. All right. But for now, let's let's close it out before I dig my grave even deeper on this. Uh, And yes, listeners, if there are any stories in the public domain you would like us to read for one of these segments, that would be great. You can send any suggestions our way at stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christy. Yes, thank you, Christina. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This podcast is brought to you by Kim Crawford Wines. 
Kim Crawford invites you to savor amazing with a chilled glass of New Zealand's finest, named in the Wine Spectator Top 100 list four times. Every sip of Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc is filled with tropical fruit flavors like passion fruit and citrus to help you experience golden hour how you see fit. Visit KimCrawfordWines.com to learn more and find Kim Crawford Wine near you. Savor amazing. For those 21 and over, please savor responsibly. Constellation Imports, Rutherford, California. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.